It's Dwight here, and welcome everyone to another edition of Legacy Crown. This podcast is to help Christians navigate the ever-changing world using the unchanging Word of God. The goal here is to point people to Christ beyond church sermons, Bible study, and Sunday school. We will cover current events and specific topics where the Bible is the final authority. All of us will leave a legacy by default or design. Okay, let's turn the lights on. Today's story should be a familiar one from the state of Tennessee. Remember the mass shooting inside a Christian school back in March by former student Audrey Hale? Just to recap, on March 27, 2023, 28-year-old mass shooter Audrey Hale killed six people, including three children. Killed in the attack were nine-year-olds Evelyn Dickhouse, Haley Scruggs, and William Kenny. The three adults were Catherine Kuntz, age 60, who was the head of the school, custodian Mike Hill, and substitute teacher Cynthia Peake, who were both 61. These lives were taken before the police intervened and took Hale's life. This happened at the Covenant School, which is a private Christian school in Nashville, Tennessee. The mass shooter was a former student. The story became a firestorm, not because of the six people who were murdered, but because of the gender identity of the mass shooter. Audrey Hale was a transgender man who was born a female. The story was slanted on the importance of the mass shooter's gender identity than the six victims who were shot and killed. The victims were afterthoughts, and the murderer in some circles was the victim who was treated with respect. Jesus reminds us that if the world hates you, it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. That's John 15, 18 and 19. The world wants to remove God from every arena of life known to mankind. But Jesus wants to bring mankind back to God. This is why the values and goals of the world are in direct opposition to God. When it comes to people, the matter of the heart is the heart of the problem. This story is no longer relevant because the mass shooting happened four months ago and the shooter was killed by the police. The actual story today is about the mercy of the Covenant School to the mass shooter's family. The victim's families put their resources together to give the mass shooter a proper burial. Whether or not the family can afford the funeral is not the focus. The bigger focus is on the families of the victims showing Christ-like behaviors. This means the families of Evelyn Dickhouse, Haley Scruggs, William Kenny, Catherine Kuntz, Mike Hill, and Cynthia Peake paid for funeral services. Audrey Hill's parents did not have to pay for anything. Families of the victims were merciful because God is merciful. The merciful act of the victims' families to pay for the funeral of the mass shooter should not go unnoticed. The Christian Post is the only media outlet that covered the story. Compassion and mercy were used in the right way this time than it was four months ago. The focus here is on the victim's families and not on the pronouns of the mass shooter. For forgiveness to happen, there must be something to forgive. Holding grudges or not having no mercy opens the door to self-destruction. What is the Bible's relation to the story? The Bible's reference is from the parable of the Good Samaritan found in Luke chapter 10. And I'm going to go down 
Start at verse 30 and end at 35. Here's what it says. Jesus said, a certain man went down to Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among the thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now, by chance, a certain priest came down that road and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, poured on oil and wine, and he sat him on his animal, brought him to an end, and took care of him. On the next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper and said to him, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will come again. I will repay you. From these verses, priests and Levites generally will probably be the most frequent travelers on the road and were the most likely to perform works of mercy. Could you imagine some excuses that they probably said when they decided to pass on the other side? He brought this on himself and he should have never been alone on such a dangerous road. Or, I would pray for this man. But James 2.15 and 16 says, If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things in which they are needed for the body, what does it profit? In those days, Jews and Samaritans despised each other both racially and religiously. It would be understandable by culture during that time for a Samaritan to pass by a Jewish man. However, instead of passing by, the Samaritan loved him sacrificially. He didn't wait to be asked. To see the need right in front of him was enough for him to do something. He also gave freely up both his time and resources. The Samaritan showed compassion despite being an outsider, despite being hated by many, despite others failing to meet a need. The Samaritan was a true neighbor because he was the one who showed mercy. What promises or lessons can we apply to our daily lives? Lamentations 3, 22 and 23 says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercy never comes to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. What is the biblical definition of mercy? Oftentimes, we mix up terms mercy and her twin sister grace. They are twins because they are close in meaning, but are different in outcomes. Mercy is withholding the punishment we deserve. Grace is giving us favor we do not deserve. God's mercy is as fresh as the latest breaking news. Mercy is an expression of who God is and his love for us. Mercy is one of love's many expressions. Why do we show mercy to others? Mercy is commanded by God. This is not an option or a suggestion. Micah 6 8 says, he has shown you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justly, which is justice, to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. This is more than just showing mercy. It's the loving to show mercy. There are some examples that we can use. Choosing not to complain at a restaurant manager when receiving poor service. You have an option of just walking out or not leaving a tip. But if you decide to show mercy, you leave them something. How about a person in a store who was holding up a checkout line 
because the card is not swiping and it is the only line available in the store. Mercy shows that our facial expressions and body language must be agreeable and not disagreeable because we are impatient. We can even offer to pay for it if we have the resources. Again, why show mercy to others? There will be a time we will need mercy for ourselves. Matthew 5, 7 reminds us that blessed are the merciful for they will attain mercy. Have we ever forgotten or misplaced an important document at work and the boss needs it immediately? Have we ever stood before a judge in a traffic, civic, or criminal court? Have we ever caused an accident to another person or bodily injury because of our carelessness? In all these scenarios, we want mercy for ourselves. Consider David and his sins. He has shown mercy by God because of the mercy he showed to Saul, who was unworthy of it. Showing mercy to someone unworthy reminds us that the mercy was shown to us by God because we are not worthy of mercy ourselves. Mercy is also a gift to us when we repent with a remorseful heart. We are naturally self-centered instead of other-centered when it comes to outside of our circle of family and friends. We are commanded to love our neighbors as ourselves. Sometimes this requires mercy. We are loving our neighbors as ourselves. This does not mean loving ourselves first and then taking care of others. Self-love cannot be in first or second place in our lives. For judgment without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy, mercy triumphs over judgment. That's James 2.13. If God is for us, who can be against us? The opposite is also true. If God is against us, who can be for us? When it comes to God through his son, we have two choices. Either we want him to be our advocate or our adversary. I would like to close with this final thought. Jesus is God in the flesh, and he took upon the wrath of God that we deserve. He sacrificed his son on the cross to pay for our sins. This is a perfect example of mercy. Our podcast verse is from Ephesians chapter two, verses four and five. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love for which he had loved us, even when we are dead in our trespasses, make us alive together with Christ. For by grace, you have been saved. A special shout out to April Chapman. You can find the Standard Truth podcast on YouTube. Before we go, I must mention my latest book release called Wife, Life and Legacy. It's available on Amazon. The book is available on paperback or ebook. This book is a great read for couples who plan to marry. Parents, it is a wonderful gift for your single adult children or anyone considering marriage. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. Please follow, subscribe, and download this podcast to help grow the listening audience. While you're at it, if you find value to this show, we appreciate it with the rating or whatever platform you are using. Let all your friends and family and anyone who can benefit from listening to this podcast. Thank you for listening. Until next time, peace.